Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're just three weeks, about three weeks away. 21st of October is the date from restrictions on abortion in Northern Ireland being drastically reduced. Major, major changes coming unless the Northern Ireland Assembly is restored before the 21st of October. And there's zero sign of that happening. Now, a large number of health professionals have written to the Secretary of State and they've been expressing opposition to the liberalisation of abortion laws in Northern Ireland. And they're people who are motivated by what they see as their conscience and they're not prepared to just simply drift into the 21st of October and see the law change. The law may change, but they're asking what would be seen as a rather relevant question. How is it going to impact on themselves as individuals working in the health service if they have to take part in an abortion? Can they be a conscientious objector? Uh, let me speak to Judith Smith, who's from a group called Midwives for Both Lives. Uh, Judith, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Judith, the law is about to change and you are a midwife. What are your concerns? I said I came into midwifery um, because I wanted to be with someone. I wanted to be with their babies. Um, and this change in the law, what it's asking us to do is to treat one baby um, as the most important and the most precious thing um, in the world and then the next baby just to treat it as clinical waste. Um, I know that sounds harsh, um, but that is what the advice we are being asked to do um, with this change in the law. Um, I've come into midwifery to promote health and to promote life. Um, and that's what I'm advocating for, for the life of these unborn babies. So you're a midwife and you're on duty and a, a woman arrives and an abortion is going to be what she's re- requesting. What is procedure? C- can you can you say, sorry, I'm stepping off the, the team here? Or uh, can, do, do you have a duty to carry out what she's entitled to? At the moment, we have been given no guidance as to what will happen in a few weeks' time and where is midwives we do stand. And this is a question that we've been asking the RCM um, and we've written um, an open letter, which currently from this morning, even just from 24 hours, has over 100 midwives from Northern Ireland on it. Um, and we're asking to hear what is the plan in three weeks' time? Where do we stand as midwives? Um, the NMC have some guidance on it, but because the law in Northern Ireland has been different to date, um, we are very unsure in three weeks' time what will happen when we go to our place of work um, and if we are met with um, a scenario where we stand in that, and that is clarity that we 
need to have and as a group of midwives we are keen to be a part of that and to um, push for conscientious objection and to be able to practice that way. And do you think many people will object on a on a conscience level? Do you think do you think there there will be significant numbers, or uh, will it just be look around the group and see who's prepared to go and do do the job that that, that needs to be done? Well, my my hope um, as a midwifery professional is that we get behind these unborn babies and these women um, and support them in these um, situations um, and to be a voice for that baby. So my hope is that there will be. Um, that as a midwifery profession, we are continuing to care, just continuing on with the job that we have been doing, and that is caring for those unborn babies. Um, and as I say, from yesterday, from an open letter that has been written, um, that we are sending through in about a week's time, we already have well over 100 midwives from Northern Ireland who have put their name that are objecting to these changes in the law, because it's against what we go as a profession, and it's against what many of us came in the midwifery to do. But can you object because the woman who wants the abortion has the right to the abortion from the 21st of October? It would be a little like a nurse objecting to a terrorist coming in who's been injured by his own bomb. And because you don't agree with his politics, the nurse says, no, I'm not treating him. Nurses can't do that. They've they've got to treat the patient who's there in front of them and you may find yourself in a position where the patient is a woman who has the right to an abortion, wants an abortion, expects an abortion, and it's your duty to deliver or be part of the team delivering the abortion. Well, that's, as a government advice, what we are calling for is within this next few weeks like, to get clarity on that so that when we go to our place of work um, after that legislation is passed and that we aren't that we aren't made to be part of of, um, abortion Um, and that is what we are asking for. We're asking for clarity in that and we're asking for protections um, as midwives who don't want to provide abortion. And that clarity in other parts of the UK is available. So what, what's the what, what's the situation there? I'm, I'm sure women who object don't have to partake in an abortion or uh, men or women who, who object don't have to partake across the water. There must be clarity there that you can uh, take some direction from. Well, um, they, they do have conscientious objection in their law um, and they obviously have a law that we don't have here. Um, so that's where they're getting their clarity from. But come... Um, the 22nd of October when our law changes. We, we don't have that law in place yet. Um, so that's where we differ from our colleagues um, in Great Britain. When you have that's clarity, let's presume they give you clarity, will indeed the group Midwives for Both Lives stop objecting to the right of a woman to have an abortion? No, we will continue to advocate for the unborn baby. Um, it, it, it's in our hearts. It's what we want to do as a, as a group of midwives. We want to protect that life. Um, we will never judge women. It's not our role to judge a woman. But we do believe we're there to support the woman and that unborn baby. Um, and even when the law changes and there is clarity for a conscientious objection, we still will be advocating for the life of that unborn baby. Um, and as I said, to treat that as the most precious thing in, in one room and then in the next. Um, as clinical waste, it, it just it isn't within our profession, and it shouldn't be what we stand for. Uh, and finally, how much debate and discussion is there among your group as professionals, midwives in general? There, mu- there must be for every midwife who 
accepts that abortion is something that a woman has the right to, there must be another one who's objecting. Are, are you split down the middle on it or are you in a minority? How much debate and discussion in the profession is there? There has been debate and, and within the workplace, you know, and, and daily we want to have good working relationships with our colleagues and that is, that is so important to us as a group. And um, We're not there to be divisive, we're there to, just to be there, to be a voice for the unborn baby. Um, I suppose some people, some midwives are putting it as we aren't there for the woman um, and I want that to be so clear that we wouldn't be in this profession if we weren't there for the woman. Just the fact we're there for the woman and the baby doesn't mean that we're anti-woman and that we're judging women we are not. Uh, we want to journey with women through this and we want to support them. We want to offer them the best care. We want to offer them the best services that there are um, and we want to give them a better option than abortion and ending the life of their baby. And is there friction between midwives on it? If, if you have a friend who's a midwife who's going to assist in an, in an abortion, do, do you, I don't want to say you look down on her, but do, do you argue mm-hmm. with her? Do you, do you feel ill at ease in her company because she's doing something that you conscientiously object to? No, it's not our role to judge either the woman or other colleagues, um, depending where they stand. And that's not that's not for us to discern. You know, our role is to look after the babies and to be a voice for that and for the woman. Um, there, there may be friction, and it's something that we are trying as a group um, to promote a good tone and, and good good wording and, and how we promote ourselves um, as a group. Um, I think what is really important, though, is that the, the correct facts, um, I'm really keen that the correct facts are given to midwives. Um, I think a lot of the time what is being pushed um, and promoted through the media is the hard cases, um, and those are really tragic cases and really difficult and you know, I've been with women that have received difficult diagnoses in different circumstances, um, but what does need to be known is that only accounts for two percent, ninety percent of abortions in GB are because of or with healthy women and healthy babies. And as a member of the profession, I'm just very um, pro that the midwives know the statistics, they know what they're getting involved in, um, and that the right information is being given to them. And as midwives for both lives, that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that midwives have the right information to be going forward in the next few months. Okay, uh, Judith, I uh, thank you very much indeed. Judith is Smith from the group Midwives for Both Lives. Grania Taggart is with Amnesty International, uh, which has uh, fought uh, loudly indeed in favour of women's rights. Uh, Grania, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Grania, do you understand the dilemma that Judith Smith and her colleagues would be in where they see in one ward the struggle to look after a baby that is about to be born, whereas in the next ward they're asked to treat the fetus as clinical waste. Well, let me begin by just reminding listeners um, what what the law change here actually is and what will take effect and when. What Westminster has just legislated for is that unless Stormont is back by the 21st of October, that we will have abortion made lawful, including in cases where there is a risk to health, where there is a serious or fatal malformation of the fetus, and also in cases of sexual crime. Now, we know where the Northern Ireland public are on this, and few would disagree that abortion shouldn't be available in those circumstances. But what has also happened is that abortion will be decriminalised, and also a suspension of current pending prosecutions um, will take place. The decriminalisation and the suspension of prosecutions will come in on the 22nd of October, and the reason that is so important is because, one, women here have long been treated like criminals who have needed this healthcare service, 
and also we've discussed on your show previously, Frank, um, the case of the mother who is being prosecuted for buying abortion pills for her daughter who was in an abusive relationship because our laws here did not permit her the compassionate care that she needed. So that case was listed for criminal trial in November and that we have to remind ourselves why this change is so important. Now, um, on the point of conscientious objection, we support and fully expect that provision for conscientious objection will be made. On the 22nd of October, if not sooner, we will see interim guidance from the Northern Ireland office, which will give clarity and should give clarity to medical professionals on the situation there whilst regulations are being put in place. So that interim guidance should go a long way toward allaying any concerns. But like in the rest of the UK, we fully expect the conscientious objection and support that being put in place because, of course, it works both ways. It is not in the interest of anyone who needs this service to be treated by someone who obviously has that objection. But our view very firmly is that that should only apply to the procedure itself, not pre and post care. But look, let's remind ourselves, finally, we are getting to a place in Northern Ireland where we will have a compassionate response to crisis pregnancy. Whether or not someone objects morally or otherwise to abortions, the fact is our law here wasn't stopping or preventing women from having abortions. It was either forcing them online to buy abortion pills and risking prosecution in doing so, or it was forcing upwards of a thousand every year to travel to England for these services. So that's the situation that we are moving away from, and it is long overdue. Uh, Judith Smith and her colleagues, those who would be in midwives for both lives, they've worked in Northern Ireland in midwifery and this is a major change in the law. So it is going to impact on them. And while you say they should only be given the opportunity to object on a conscience basis during the actual procedure, it's going to be difficult for Judith Smith and people like her, men or women, who do not want to be part at all of the abortion journey that some women choose to go on? Well, I think it would be very concerning, and certainly the Supreme Court have been clear on this, that a conscientious objection should only apply to the procedure itself, because how terrible would it be then for a woman who, bearing in mind that no one takes this decision lightly, after the procedure has been carried out, to be treated differently to other people on that ward. What women in these circumstances need is compassion and they need care. So absolutely, we are supportive of conscientious objection to the procedure itself, but but just to that. Now, we have to also, I, I think remember here that the Royal College of Midwives and indeed some of the other Royal Colleges have already been very clear and are on the record of saying that they are pushing for conscientious objection but as I say, certainly with the discussions that we've been having with the Northern Ireland office that provision will be made and interim guidance will be put in place in time for the 21st, 22nd of October and that is of course welcome for all concerned including those medical professionals who want to object. And can you understand the pressure that Judith Smith and her, her team are under considering their their mindset on this topic they will be in a position where healthy babies on occasions will be aborted well 
terminations will be made lawful, as we've just said, in cases where there is a risk, obviously, to the woman's health, also in cases where there's a serious or fatal malformation of the fetus, and again, in cases of sexual crime. So there are very few who disagree to abortion being lawful in those circumstances. And also, if we consider the current position, whilst we don't have conscientious objection on the statute books in Northern Ireland, we do have in our guidance that it is recognised that some health and social care professionals may object. So apart from obviously in an emergency situation, it is clear that um, that should be recognised and respected. So that's the situation as it currently stands. And given the conscientious objection will be protected, um, what we are moving into is um, a a new service, a new regime where this service will be offered um, in the circumstances we've described and women will be treated compassionately, but also those medical professionals will have their views respected. Does this law guarantee that those are the only examples of when abortions can be carried out in Northern Ireland? I mean, the regulations that will come in will, are, will, if you like, give effect to the law that has just been passed, obviously at Westminster. And the deadline for that on the sta- uh, that's just been legislated for is the 31st of March. So what we have just described there are the circumstances that Westminster has legislated for. OK, Grania Taggart and uh, Judith Smith, uh, thank you. Always an emotive topic whenever it comes up for discussion. Uh, this is the U105 phone-in, 02890 Seven double six one zero five one zero five twenty five past ten is the time. Whatever's on your mind, we're always happy to have a conversation with you on the radio. And there may be something that we never bring to the table that you are thinking about, and we love to hear from you on those issues. There may be an element of a, an event happening. There may be something happening in in, in your part of the world. There may be a, a, an annoyance that you have, or something you want to celebrate. Feel free to share it with us. O two eight. Nine oh treble three one oh five. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.